Thank you for downloading a sermon from the Chapel of the Cross. The Chapel of the Cross is a welcoming, growing, and historic Episcopal Church in Madison, Mississippi. I hope you will join us on Sundays for worship at 7.30 a.m., 8.45 a.m., 11 a.m., and 5 p.m., with Sunday school for all ages at 10 a.m. I also invite you to connect with the chapel online at chapelofthecrossms.org. Again, thank you for downloading this sermon. We pray it will enrich your walk with Christ. God bless you, and we look forward to welcoming you and your family to the Chapel of the Cross. Holy and loving God, write a message on our hearts, bless us, direct us, and send us out. Living letters of the word. Amen. Please be seated. I have a very clear and fond memory of the very first morning, the very first time I went to the beach with Ellen, my wife, and her family. You may be surprised to learn that my family are not beach people. We were, to our detriment, city people. And when it came time to vacate, we would choose some urban place, get the AAA guidebook back when there were AAA guidebooks, and we would work through all the recommended sites and museums and local color. Interesting for sure, but not a vacation. Ellen's family are beach people. And back when we were courting, I knew it was serious when I was invited to the beach. I was very, very nervous. Everything I packed was chosen through the lens of what would the good boyfriend wear? Or what would the good boyfriend read? Or what would the good boyfriend do? What have you. I arrived, I settled in, and I steeled myself for the week. On the first morning, I set an alarm and awoke very early. I showered, I shaved, put on my best golf shirt and pressed khaki shorts, and emerged sparkling, if I do say so myself, from my bedroom to face the day. But no one was up. And no one continued to be up for several hours. Finally, someone emerged in their pajamas, bleary-eyed and bedhead, and made some less-than-charitable remark about the lack of coffee. This was obviously before children and grandchildren were in the equation, but soon other pajamaed folk appeared in a very pleasing day of reading and chatting and walking and swimming and eating and just being ensued. And I learned in short order that I had no idea how to beach. But I knew I was going to love it. Now, why am I sharing this highly amusing anecdote, you might ask? What does this have to do with this Sunday or any of our readings? I will get to that. For today is Trinity Sunday the first Sunday after the Pentecost, the one festival in the church calendar that is set aside to commemorate a theological concept, the doctrine 
of the Holy Trinity. So many of my colleagues are climbing into their pulpits this morning and engrossing their congregation in a lively discussion about ancient dogma. Now, the concept of God as an eternal dance between creator and son and spirit is beautiful and meaningful, and the implications for our relationships as humans in light of the great and primary relationships found within the Trinity are immeasurable. But I must confess to you, my sisters and brothers, that I don't feel particularly called or particularly enthralled to hold forth on the intricacies of doctrine this morning. And while I do sincerely hold the Trinity most dear, I also want you dear people to come back to church next Sunday. (laughs) So we will postpone the doctrinal lecture for another time. Instead, let's think about the creation and what we can learn about God and what we can learn about us from the beautiful and long, thank you, John, account of the creation we read this morning. The orderliness of the creation is stunning. God says, and it is so. God sees that it is good, and there was evening, and there was morning. God shows his might in this passage, not only in the creation itself, but in the magisterial way in which God creates it. Moreover, there is balance in creation. The creation is not just a laundry list of things to do, but a series of pairs, all of which still work in harmony. Light and dark, earth and sky, land and sea, sun and stars, animals and humans. And woven into this majesty is the goodness of the creation. The word good appears seven times in the first chapter of Genesis. And when scripture repeats something, that is the equivalent of a huge neon sign with a bright flashing red arrow saying, hello, pay attention to me. Each day in the creation, God says that it is good, God makes it good, God calls it good, and God sees that it is good. But I want to think more about that balance. Balance is a popular word these days. Talk shows and magazines are full of discussions of how we can achieve balance. We wear gizmos on our wrists or download apps to our phone that promise balance. Everyone else seems balanced, so why do I feel like a hot mess? We seek balance between work and home, mindfulness and leisure, intellect and exercise, vegetables and nachos. And if we achieve balance, or if we even approach balance, our quality of life and our satisfaction with our life can improve, we hope. But perhaps we should remember that balance was enshrined in the creation. So just as there is light and dark and sun and stars, we too are meant to have balance. We are created to have balance. The very universe's natural state is balance. But woven into that balance 
an intrinsic and foundational element of that balance is God. God not only made the light and the dark, the sun and the stars, but he is a fundamental part of those things. The sun would not rise and the stars would not twinkle without God. So if we want to achieve balance, if we want to be as fully part of the creation as we were meant to be, then God needs to be a part of that. Through prayer, through study, through witness, through regular worship and participation in the sacraments of God, the knowledge of God and the awareness of God and the love of God becomes much more obvious. And when God is there, we can find balance, we can find wholeness, and we can find peace. In a few moments, we will welcome a new sister into the body of Christ, Hadley Joe. And as part of that service, we will all renew our baptismal covenant. The baptismal covenant has two parts. Uh, first part having three sections, one for each person of the Holy Trinity. And then there are five questions. And as we read those five questions, think about them and how they can contribute to the balance in your own life, in your own life of faith, in your own life with family and friends, in your own life here at the chapel. And then remember the answer. I will with God's help. God is here. God is part of our balance to help us make it so. That is why I shared that silly story about going to the beach with Ellen. It was a time in my life when I focused entirely on achievement and meeting my goals, and these were the only means of finding self-worth. And while ambition and drive are important, I did not know the blessing of Sabbath and rest and just being with the ones you love. Please do not hear me saying, and I do not claim in any way, shape, or form to have reached some state of enlightenment or nirvana far from it. But my beloved wife and family have given me a great gift in acknowledging a time of rest, which is part of balance. And for that gift, I am enormously thankful. We are all part of the creation. We were made because God loves us. We were made in a beautiful and majestic way. We were made along with an entire universe, and we are made to be part of, not apart from, that universe. And our life in this universe, in this creation, is meant to be in balance with others, within ourselves, and with God. And God said that it was good. Amen.